that he's in charge. And uh, if we're wise, we'll just hang on to his coattails and follow him. Follow him. Well, I'm going to see if my little iPad will communicate with the rest of the church here. But in the meantime, I want to just um, bring a couple announcements to bear. Um, Mark, would you turn off? We're going to turn these off. Alan, they're buzzing in my ear. I think Jason usually turns them off. We're living in a really exciting time. You're alive. We're alive. This is our generation, isn't it? And we would serve the Lord like David did in his generation. And we're serving the Lord now in this generation. What a unique, awesome time it is. Scary without Jesus, really exciting with him. One of the things that we're getting ready to do is um, begin to breathe on that's not a good word, but God's already breathed on all of you, and he's breathing on you. And we're recognizing it, and, and God is establishing ministries in the house of the Lord. We believe there's an expansion that God wants us to prepare for, and we are preparing for it. Our current growth is already stimulating our minds to, oh my goodness, we need to not just catch up. Let's get ahead of this and get preparation. I thought about Disneyland when they built Disneyland. They never had an opening day yet, Right? So they were building it for their opening day. How big do you build it if you've never had a Disneyland in the world? How did he know? How did they know? Would you say it was a little bit of a risk? And uh, I know in Coeur d'Alene when they put in the first mall in the North Idaho area, it seemed like Coeur d'Alene Mall was the very first one we ever had up there. And we had an electrician in our church that worked for him. And opening day, it was such a risk to this adventure cost millions of dollars and People were really leveraging themselves and ex extending themselves. It was a very scary thing because North Idaho had never seen them all. So how good is it going to be? How successful? How big do you make it? Well, they really leaped and stretched to build it a certain size. And an electrician in our church said he heard the owners talking, the builders talking on the first opening day. And they turned to each other and said, rats, we made it too small. We should have had more faith. We should have taken more of a risk, you know. But it is a risk. We don't want to say to the Lord, oh God, we had little faith and we built it too small. Neither do we want to get ahead of God and be presumptuous. So we want to hear the voice of the Lord and I'm guessing he's going to stretch all of us and he's already given us words that he's going to stretch you and I and we're going to begin to do things we've never done, but his grace is going to be there and his wisdom in it. Starting August 1st, we've contracted with Jason Billister, who's in our midst as there he is, Jason. And Jason, the elders this morning, administrative consultant for three months. We're going to contract with him for three months. You may have seen him in the paper. God's given us the best of the best. Uh, he has worked for Boise Rescue Mission a total of 10 years, Better Business Bureau for three. Uh, his credentials are in Jesus, are the ones that I'm really impressed with. But God's given us his best for three months to be an administrative consultant for us, begin to look at us and say, in six months, we're not going to be this church anymore. We're going to be probably a little bigger 
or not. What, God, what, what's out there? So we're going to begin to pray and ask God to administratively. I, we do feel like Peter, who's not feeding enough of the widows. And we're saying, God, how do we take care of the natural needs of this place and not leave? And I, I realized this morning, for the last two Sundays, I've carried this table up here. This is the table I have to serve. Amen? Nobody else can come and take this table away from me lest God give them permission. I'm the only one out of, if it turns into 3,000 people here, I will still be the only one that's responsible for what's served at this table. How many believe it'd be awesome if this was the best meal in the whole world every week? Who's responsible? Well, you pray for your pastor. Pastor needs to pray, and this is what's heavy on Susie and I's heart. We know we want this meal just to get better and better and better. And Peter said, it is not good that I keep leaving this table to mow the lawn, fertilize the grass, make sure hospital visits are taking place, counseling's taking place. Those are all incredibly important. We have more land, we have more facility, we have more moving parts. But it's never good for a pastor to leave this table to serve other tables. Now, when it's a smaller church and it's a smaller work, of course you can multitask. And you're expected to and you enjoy it and you have the grace to do it. But when you start seeing this table's being neglected, hmm, Peter said, it's not a good thing I do. So we're tasking Jason with conceptualizing with us, consulting us and saying, at the end of three months, what must we do as a people to take care of all the natural needs in this place? And Ralph take care of this table. And we need God's wisdom. And we know in the mouth of many counselors, we find that wisdom. So we're, uh, Jason's beginning August 1st through the end of October. And Melissa's a part of that because she's going to be praying for her husband, hoping he does great. And she has a tremendous ministry on her own. We have just been so blessed that these two have come and been a part of us. And uh, Jason and Melissa, would you stand? Let us just welcome you today. Amen. 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 And the fact he's willing to work with me shows the grace of Jesus on his life. There's one other thing. The Bible says that a, a man gets, a prophet gets no honor in his own family, in his own land. Jesus said that. And a lot of times as pastors say, well, the fact you guys have known me so long takes away from my prophetic juice. But God began to speak to me and says, but do you honor the prophets in your family? Do you honor the ministries that are in your own family, Ralph? And I realize pastors overlook their own families just like their families can overlook a prophet. And I have never said one word about this guy. But for 14 and 15 years, Rory and Mary Lowe held down the fort for Pine Acres Youth Camp for us. They were the camp managers. Rory and Mary, would you just stand up? 15 years of service for us. Bless you. Bless you. And uh, to give him a special honor today, we put him on the drums, <laughs> just so you could look at him. It's, you know, the low boys are eye candy, you know, isn't that about it? <laughs> but we so appreciate all that those two have done for 15, me and manager of a Pine Acres youth camp, Pastor Burke can tell you, it is a job. And so I say this to say, Bless Sean Warwick. He's our new manager this year. He, he, he's been interning for 13 years and uh, been a part of this camp and interned. And Rory and I are just turning. I'll tell you, Melissa and Sarah, I gave them all my stuff. Rory's given Sean all his stuff. And 
I have not lost any sleep over camp, and I just think that's weird because pastors should lose. I have been praying, though. But they have taken the load so beautifully, these young people. This is the first year that Rory and I and the pastors are just kind of, we're not unplugging spiritually, but we're unplugging from the natural needs of this camp. It is phenomenal what these young people are doing nowadays. And we're so tickled. We will be up there. We'll be around. We'll be like the Holy Spirit, just hovering, watching, being there if they need us. I'm guessing we're going to get bored for lack of need. But uh, hopefully I'll stay spiritually in tune. All right, this morning, would you turn with me to Genesis 49.10 as a place of beginning. And guys, I'm going to see if mine, uh, for some reason, my iPad just doesn't go to the modern reboot of the latest. And so I'm going to see if it does here. And if it does, great. You'll know I'm controlling it because something will happen that you didn't do. But if you'd go to the very first title slide, yep, it's not updating, guys. So you're going to have to run it for me, which is great. Prayer dare. This has been a season of prayer. I pray that the rest of our lives will be a season of prayer and talking to Jesus, wanting to be with Jesus. And Kevin talked about where's the presence of the Lord? Where's the spout that the glory comes out? It can be in your car. It can be in your shower. It can be right here. It can be. The Lord said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He told Joshua, everywhere the sole of your foot shall tread, I will be with you and I will give it to you. Isn't that amazing? In Genesis 49.10 is a scripture that says, the scepter will not depart from Judah, this is out of the New Living Translation, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of the one to whom it belongs. The one whom all nations will honor. This scripture gives us insight into the way the Lord felt about the tribe of Judah. This happened in Genesis. From the very beginning, God began to say that Judah would be a ruling tribe. I just wanted to kind of start there, but now I want to go to the key scripture for today. 1 Chronicles 4, 9, if you'll turn there. We'll have a time of prayer and we'll greet. In 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, if you'll turn there. Not Corinthians Chronicles. Chronicle, Chronicles mirrors Samuel and Kings. It's a spiritual take, so to speak, on what is going on in the kingdom of Israel. And in the midst of Chronicles, they're chronicling all these families, and he begat him, and he came from him, and this one came from that one. And in chapter 4 of 1 Chronicles, verse 1, it says, The sons of Judah were... And they name the sons of Judah, and they go on and say the lineage of Judah, and, it, and it's just really just names on a page. Until you get to verse 9, and this little story jumps out out of the Bible. Out of nowhere, just telling lineage after lineage after lineage in previous chapters, following chapters. And if you don't read the whole, you would miss this little nugget because your eyes would just be bored, bored, bored. Come on, who are these guys? And in verse 9, it jumps. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, which means pain or much pain. Saying, because I bore him in pain, I shall name him Jabez. Verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, 
that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Would you stand with me this morning as we bless this message? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It is rich. It is a two-headed sword that reveals our flesh and shows us our spirit and allows us to discern what's spiritual and what's fleshly. And, oh, God, I pray today you feed us a great meal right now in Jesus' name. Let a meal go from this place that will feed the hearts of every man, woman, and child here. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. You may greet one another. And if Kyle's in the house, Kyle, could you come up and help me? All right. All right, everybody, if you'll go ahead and find a seat here, we'll get on with it. Guys, go to the slide that says uh, Tribe of Judah leaders uh, from Tribe of Judah. This Jabez guy is a really interesting guy. You don't hear about him anywhere else before or after. Maybe there's a town named after him or something in the Bible. But basically, the tribe of Judah became the ruling class in Israel. Now, Saul, the first king, was taken out of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin, interestingly enough, joins with Judah when the kingdom gets split and you have um, the ten tribes of Israel in Samaria and then you have Jerusalem staying the seat of power and after Solomon messed up and his son takes over, the kingdom gets split. Well, with Judah goes Benjamin, the Levites, the priests, etc., and then the other ten tribes leave. So Saul's tribe does hang with the Judah tribes, but Judah always had a king in Israel. And God said in Genesis 49, I will always have a scepter out of the tribe of Judah until that scepter is passed to the one who shall have it forever. Revelation calls Jesus the lion out of the tribe of Judah. He was the one, he was this, David, you know, Jesus, son of David. God allowed that in the Bible to let everybody know the lineage, the Judaic lineage to Jesus. Here's the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the final king. The last sacrifice, the lamb that is slain, that takes away the sins of the world, is coming directly from this Judaic, Judah lineage. Jesus, son of David. And David pleased God so much, he said, there will always be one of your descendants on the throne. And sure enough, throughout the course of history, Judah kept a leader in there. And then when the Babylonians took him away and brought him back, they established again in Zerubbabel, another king in Israel who was from the lineage of David. But when Jesus came on the scene, king of kings, king to end all kings, and he was called in Revelation, the lion of the tribe of Judah. So out of the tribe of Judah came Caleb. Do you know the story of Caleb? He said, after 80 years of age, he says, Moses promised me, God promised me this mountain, Joshua. I'm as young as when I was 40 years ago when I could go in and out of battle. And one translation says, give me that mountain. Perhaps God will give me that mountain. And he had faith. And, but the mountain was full of what? Does anybody know what the mountains were full of? What kind of people were in the mountains that were Caleb's inheritance? Giants. The Anakin. I mean, of all the mountains, God gave Caleb. Here, let's give you the one with all the big guys. And so this is why Caleb and Joshua, the Bible says, they were of a different spirit. 
because he wanted that mountain, even though it was the hardest to take, maybe. But one of the things that dawned on me, out of this tribe of Judah came a giant killer by the name of Caleb. And you know the tribe of Judah when they got to the big family reunion in Israel and all the Judah guys say, but Caleb came out of our tribe. He's a giant killer. And I bet that story passed down by mouth, by mouth. You know, we all have our family pride or we're a Meridian warrior and us warriors, we never lose a game. The Marines, once you take a beach, you never get, you can't get it back from them. You know, they, you tell these stories of greatness with your people. Whether you're football players or Marines or you're at a family reunion or Terry put something out on his Facebook that said McMorrow means and it talked about gracious and generous. And I went, man, that's a name right there. And I'm not even doing it justice, but it was really neat. He wrote it himself. I'm not sure it was true, but... And it <laughs> didn't say humble, but it said very generous. No, it was something about the name McMorrow. And that gets through the family, doesn't it? Rory and I were very aware, as we talked about the building program, that our grandpa put his land up as collateral for the last building program. They didn't need it. But Rory and I remember, our grandpa pays for, we'll put our houses up if we have. We'll, this is what got instilled in us. And, then, and when it came to vote, Rory and I said, no, we don't want to do that, but we would like to be able. No, but you know, it's a family. What do you think Caleb's tribe talked about? We're giant killers. Guess where David came from? He wasn't the first guy from his tribe to kill giants. He started the story all over again. You can imagine after that, if you were in David's tribe, in fact, all his mighty men became great giant killers, whether they were from the tribe of Judah or not. He instilled that DNA to them. So this tribe of Judah, they were, they were leaders. They were lion killers and Daniel and three Hebrew children out of the tribe of Judah. Oh my gosh. You know, Daniel wasn't necessarily a lion killer, but he wasn't lion's lunch either. He shut the mouth of lions. No wonder. Lions probably go, don't mess that guy. He's from Judah, you know. Let's just wait. I think we're going to get a fatter meal a little later on. If we just. Three Hebrew children wouldn't bow, wouldn't bend, wouldn't burn. Tribe of Judah. And then Jabez. Go to the next slide, guys. I think it's... And of course, out of the tribe of Judah is the next slide. <laughs> this is why we have a lion on this. Jesus, out of the... I started to put up a math formula that said if A equals B and B equals C, then doesn't A equal C? If Jesus is equal to Judah, which is a leadership tribe, and Jesus says, these things I do in greater shall you do, and you're my sons, and you're the chip off the old block, and you're just like me. If Jesus is a leader, and Jesus is you, then you are leaders. Go to the title slide that says leader. Do you know that you are leaders? 
I ran across an article and I realized we're getting ready to establish leaders in the house of the Lord in the days to come. But the reality is they're already leading. You know, if somebody's just sitting there doing nothing and I say, you are now a senior pastor because I gave you the title. How many know that that's not really how it works? Uh, we're going to make you in charge of the service ministry of greeting. I know you don't like people and you haven't said hi to anybody yet, but you're going to be our head greeter. Now that you have the title, you'll become it. I've heard pastors say that people think I'm so prophetic because I'll look at a guy and say, deacon. He goes, I just look around to see who's already deaking, who's already serving, and I say, now you shall be servant. You know, and he goes, woo, you know. We have a number of you, and even more, are going to begin to serve more and more in the area that God has asked you to lead. But I ran across an article, and I realized, as you see us establish more and more leaders here, know something. Whether you get a title or not, you're leaders. And real leaders know they're not leaders because they're getting a title or a promotion or a gift. They're leading already. And I begin to realize, I saw this article and it said, the three mistakes we make as leaders. Can you guys find that? Three mistakes we make as leaders. One, right off the bat, we fail to recognize ourselves as leaders. Oh, but pastor, I'm not a leader. But you're supposed to be. Who leads in prayer at dinner time? How many times does a family need somebody to lead with a good attitude? To lead with a word of faith? To lead with a word of affirmation? To lead at work with, I don't think I'm going to do that because others will follow. How many believe every God child in this place is supposed to lead your world to Jesus? How many of you know that I will not be the first one to lead most people to Jesus in this church if you all are leaders? Well, I don't know how to lead them to Christ, so I'll get them to church. Who do you think got them here? You led them to the house of the Lord. If we forget that we are... Jesus looked at us and said, you are the light of the world. I'm not going to put you under a bushel. And that's what people do that say I'm not a leader. They just, they just put their personality, their character, they put Jesus in a little bottle and say, well, I'm not a leader. The reality is the minute Jesus hit your life, you became a leader. Because you started being a beacon of hope, a beacon of light. Do you not know you are the light of the world, a city set where everybody can follow your light? Why does God want to put your light on a hill? So people will come to it. That's a leader. You see, leaders aren't pushers necessarily. They're pullers. Come on. Yeah, but I don't know how to push people towards it. No, no, no. You're a light that beckons them to follow. Every one of you who have the name of in Christ after your name, took on the DNA of a leader. You are to lead people to Jesus. You, are lead, you and I are to lead our culture out of where it's at right now. We are culture changers. We're not culture followers. 
You're not to go to work and follow the bad example of the worst employee. You are the leader. You pick up trash. You stay a minute later. You come a little earlier. You stand up for the boss even though you know he's human. You lead by example. You lead whether you're good or bad at it. You are leading people every day of your life. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And if you lose that leadership salt, wherewith, where will the world be salted? If you and I lose what Jesus has given us, we become followers. You're not supposed to lead in obnoxiousness or arrogance. That's not leadership. I'm not talking about that. And it goes to the other mistakes we make. Leadership is not a title, a promotion, an award, or a right. You don't have to wait to become a leader. In fact, you're not supposed to. In fact, the people we begin to promote in this place and put before you as leaders are already doing it. Nobody told them they were the greeter guy. You've noticed, Jason, if I ever say, they say, who's that new guy? I say, what are you talking about? You know, the greeter guy. We just started laughing about it. Jason's been called the greeter guy. In fact, he's been greeting, and his name wasn't on the greeters list. That, I can't believe he's doing this. Doesn't he know he's not to wear the greeter badge today? Moses, when he was confronted with this, said, Oh, I wish all of God's people were greeters. I wish every Sunday you would all lead in the greeting department. Do unto others like you'd want them to do to you if you were new in a church. If you didn't know which door to go through or if the breakfast is for everybody or is it just for you guys? Have you ever been new before? If you haven't, go to a church during the summer that you've never been to. One, you don't know anybody. Drive in, see if you can find out what time the service starts, see if you can find out where the normal people park, see if you can find out which door the normal people go through, and see if you have a few little problems trying to get in. And say, oh, that was tougher than I thought. What can I do to help people at my church? Oh, that you would all raise your right hand and say, I will be a leader greeter. I will lead in love. I will lead in forgiveness. I'll not be forced to forgive or forced to love. I'll lead in loving people. In fact, I will love you first before you love me. Does that sound familiar? Lead in love. Before everybody makes you love them, before anybody beats you to it, love people first, and you shall be a child of the Son of God. You are leaders, and the three mistakes we make is first we fail to recognize ourselves as leaders when we really are. And then we think we can only lead if we're given a title or a promotion. The author of this article cited little JL, the little girl that was in the tent. It wasn't that little, but a nasty general tried to take refuge in her tent who was opposed to the things of God. And she fed him milk and sang him a lullaby and then Drove a stake through his head and killed the bad guy. Nobody gave her permission to do that. She just led. She knew what was right. Who was supposed to live and who was supposed to not be in charge of Israel and who was splitting the church wide open. Now, we're not telling you to kill people. It's not the moral of the story. But leaders, you have to recognize who you are in Christ and you 
have been brought. God said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every leader on this planet was meek? That would be God's heart. Every school principal, every vice principal, every teacher, every governor, every police officer, meek. But still leading. And that brings us to the third thing. We don't lead. One of the mistakes we make when we are given the title or we are thinking we're leading is that we have to be the top dog. We got to be the first. But Jesus said, if you want to be great in the kingdom, learn to be the servant. The last will be first. The greatest leaders in the world aren't the pushers. They're leading by example and they are serving with grace those they lead. The greatest leaders in the world are like Jesus, servant leaders. Right? In fact, Jesus is called the great sheep herder. Or is he called the great shepherd? Well, I don't know. There's a, di- there's a difference. They've, they've watched the certain big sheep farms, and I think they've noted the bass culture versus the big American ranch culture where you have thousands and thousands of sheep, and the sheep herders drive the sheep in front of them. But the great shepherd says, my sheep, hear my voice, and they follow me. See, great leaders lead by example. They don't push people. They don't think that they're below anything. They lead out in front with encouraging words, with a servant's heart, and they have the grace to do that. The meek shall lead. The meek shall inherit the earth. I want you to underline this scripture. Well, maybe you don't need Let me just read it. Is this Bible what I'm telling you today? Is it Bible? 1 Peter 2.9, guys, find 1 Peter 2.9, put that up. But you are a chosen race. This is New Testament now. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim, what? The excellencies of God. God is putting an excellent spirit upon this house and has been for years. I'm amazed at the spirit of excellence in all of you. That's what God is putting on you. Instead of Daniel and the three Hebrew children, they had an excellent spirit. David had an excellent spirit. They had an excellent spirit, and God has chosen us as a race, a royal priesthood. Those are leaders, kingly priests, kingly heads of churches and spiritual things. You are a kingly, queenly priest in your home. You're the head of your home. Men, I pray you're leading your house to Jesus. I pray you're leading your wife to church. Men of God should not follow the kids and women to church. They should help lead the whole thing. Ladies, I don't think you should be forced to be drugged to church either. Man, when a man and wife are both leading the family to church, I picture great leaders in the kingdom of God being like a rope and we're all just in line, leading together, pulling together, pulling in the same direction. Jesus is in front. I'm just following Jesus, but I'm pulling on the rope too. And everybody along that rope is pulling with all their might too. We're all leading where God wants us to go. And when a man and wife will both grab the rope and follow Jesus, they're leading. I've never been so embarrassed as a few times I'll be with a bunch of Christians around a dinner table or something, and we get to talk, and all of a sudden we go, uh, Pastor, do you think we ought to open in prayer here? 
And I forget to lead in prayer. You know, it's like, oh, of all the people that should have said, let's pray, it would have been me. But I was taking us off task, you know. Somebody led at that table. Yay. Everybody lead in what you do. And Peter is saying here, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness into his glorious light. You are meant to lead. You are meant to lead. Jabez prayer. The Jabez prayer in 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10 has become a prayer that I've found myself praying for the last several years. There's a book out called The Prayer of Jabez. How many have read that book? I would recommend, get on Amazon, get a used one if you don't want to spend very much money. They're a little tiny booklet. And the whole booklet's about this one little prayer. And I began to pray this prayer. And I realized this guy from Judah prayed a leader's prayer. And every morning, I close my morning prayers before I head to work. Father, bless Susie and I, and bless us indeed. It's okay to pray that, you know. Expand the border of our territory. And let your hand be with us. What kind of prayer is that? That's not a sit-around status quo prayer, is it? That's a leading prayer. Let your hand be with us and let no evil befall us, O God, and let us not cause evil, Lord. And then I say, Father, today and the days to come, bless Legacy Church. Bless her indeed. Expand the border of her territory. So if you're mad that our church is growing, I'm really sorry I've been praying this for the last. I'm not sorry, but God, expand the border of legacy's territory. I don't know what that means, God, but you'll be with us and you'll do that. And we're seeing God do these things. And Father, let no evil befall us. But oh God, let us be a church that doesn't cause evil. And then what did it say in verse 10 after that prayer? Where's the prayer, guys? So God granted him what he requested. The prayer dare for today is begin to pray the Jabez prayer, everybody. And expect leadership to manifest itself in your life. And sometimes it's as easy as just standing up and being you. Just being a light in a dark place. Man, we need more lights in dark places, don't we, out in that world? Lead people out of their funk. Lead people out of their depression. Lead people out of... Uh, I was so disappointed in myself in a little way the other day. We were meeting our neighbors, sweetest young little couple. They bring little Willow over to play with my dog, Gabe, so I really like him. And uh, he just loves little Willow. And they run around playing this beautiful young couple there live near us, and I got to talking about the big subdivisions they're getting ready to put around us as Meridian is the tent in the top 10 fastest-growing cities in the nation. Why would God want to expand our territory? Maybe people are coming. Maybe there's fish in the water that haven't been 
caught for Jesus yet. They got to go somewhere, gang, and God's getting his churches ready. And I want to pray, God, let us be one of those churches that harvest with you and tickle your heart as we love on the lost, God. But out of my mouth came, boy, I hope that our water aquifer of our wells doesn't drop when all these other houses come in. And I saw her little brain go, never thought about that. Boy, am I tickled that I dropped that little nugget. I was just a little ray of sunshine for her that day. <laughs> oh, my God, Lord, what am I thinking? Why did I put that in her little heart? She's a sweetheart. I led. I led her ignorance right into fear and worry and anxiety. <laughs> note to self, note to self. Lead in peace and trust and faith. His eyes on the sparrow. Why would we, he let us, you know, die of thirst? God is a good God. He's a big God. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, and I think he owns every raindrop that ever came out of the ocean. There'll be plenty for us. That's how I should have led that day. And expounded on the excellencies and the greatness of our God. Oh, that God will make us good leaders with our neighbors. Use me as a good example to not do what I do and be leading this world and this culture where God wants us to go. Lori, would you come on up? Bless you in the name of the Lord. If you've not looked at yourself as a leader, I think the Lord's speaking to your heart today to let you know how big he is in your life. It's the spout where the glory comes out is in you. You do you not know you are the temple of the living God. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, chosen to expound upon the excellencies and greatness of your God. Lead this world into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Oh, they don't know about the excellent Christ you know. Let's lead them into different thoughts, into thoughts out of anxiety and fear, into trust and faith and love in an excellent God. You are leaders. You are light set on a hill. Oh, God, let the world follow. Your light in us. As we say to the world, come and go with me to the house of the Lord. Amen. Come and go with me into the presence of my God. Let me lead you into something you've never experienced before. Thank you, Jesus. As Lori sings, would you just stand this morning? And if you feel to come forward, feel free to do that. But just hear the voice of the Lord as we sing. Then I'm going to have... David and Michelle close it for us today and look for an opportunity to pray if any of you need prayer. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken.
In Isaiah 57, it says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity and whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place. Kevin talked about this. I think it's real easy for us to all stop right there and accept that scripture. God dwells in a high and holy place. But the next line says, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, he dwells with you. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. We have been reminded today that God dwells in a high unholy place. We have been reminded today that he dwells within us. And no matter what name we were given when we were born, we could be Jabez and we were given the name of pain. And yet we are called to lead. No matter what has been said about you, to you, around you, you have been called to lead. Because the God of heaven dwells within you. The God of heaven dwells within you. The God who is high and holy and lifted up dwells within you. And we have the opportunity to lead and to revive others. If there are those this day as we close in prayer who when we are finished are saying, but I'm not seeing that. If you would like prayer, feel free to come forward. We will pray with you. But I think we should pray together as we finish up this day with the prayer of Jabez. Father in heaven, we come before you this day. And oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would bless us indeed. That you would enlarge our territory, oh God. Let your hand be with me. Let your hand be with this house and with every family represented here. And keep us from harm so that we will be free from pain. God, grant that request this morning. We thank you again, Lord God, for your word, for your blessing, for your Holy Spirit. And we go in peace, rejoicing in who you are and who you have called us to be. Amen.